welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus. Say what? Charette. Doc G, what is up, sir? Mmm. Like, I am being kicked and dragged through fall. That's what's up. Word. Uh, and I, I don't yeah. want to go. I am trying to hang on to summer, but I'm losing my grip. It's getting yeah. darker every day. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry to be so bleak. <laughs> but I have to be. But if you want to think about something happier, listeners, think about the great time we had discussing bidets last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Good stuff. Don't worry, listeners. I haven't lost my love for bidets. It's still there. And I, I will make to. owning... You, you've lost it, Mike? Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm still not sold. Mike, I'm gonna sell you. I'm gonna sell you on it. You are gonna want your parts washed and cleaned like a like a car wash with a bidet, yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna get behind it like me. And and one day it will become a reality. I'll have one, and you'll be like, you know what? Okay, all right. I, I will. I. You know what? I'm gifting you one, Mike. One day a, a bidet will show up at your place and you'll be like, what? And I'll be like, just try it, man. And you'll try it and then you'll be a convert from then on. You'll be mm. you'll be that dude that was like, you know, at one yeah. point in time, I didn't think these were, these were the ticket. But you know what? They are. Yes! They're the exact ticket. That's what you'll think. Just saying. I, I hope so. Because for right now, I'm not using anybody else's bidet. No, that's no, gross. no, no, no. Seems gross. Singular bidets, Mike. That's you will have your own bidet. And I'm still, honestly, Doc G, I'm, I still, even though it's like perfect, it's been explained perfectly, I still really don't understand how they work. I'm, I, like I said, I have an idea. Maybe I just need to watch some videos <laughs> of people using bidets. Is this what I need, Doctor? Is this yes. what you're going to sell me? Yes, you need some animated videos of like cartoon figures on there, and then there's special places just being sprayed down. And you're like, oh, sweet. Yeah, this is why. Yeah, this is probably why it's a hard sell. That's Nobody a, really knows how. It'll get there, Mike. No, it's not a hard sell, Mike. Where you I mean, typically wipe is going to be sprayed down with fantastic sanitary water just giving you a much cleaner space mike that's what's going down and then if you got a really fancy bidet hmm <laughs> there's no way anybody is still listening to this show <laughs> it's that's okay yeah it's, we, we are three minutes <laughs> in and the only thing we've talked about is bidets what do and, we do do we restart or what no no <laughs> we're we're in it mike but i'll tell you you know what let's go ahead we're gonna hang uh, a right hilarious. turn are you ready we're gonna hang a right yeah. turn here mike there's something we love more on this show than bidets hmm what do Tom we Brady? well yes Yes. I, I've never actually listed out the things that we love the most, but Tom Brady is uh, up there. But for this point, Mike, we love Pointless List. We do. Pointless we List. Do. 
Because let me tell you something, listeners. It's a great way to start the show. All right? Mm -hmm. Now, Mike, let's say you want to get your Halloween on. You know? But you're not creative or interesting enough to come up with your own ideas for what you should do (laughs) on Halloween. Just like I'm not creative or inventive enough to come up with ways to start this show. Well, good news for both of us, Mike. (laughs) Because Pop Sugar is here. Pop Sugar created their 31 fun things to do on Halloween in 2023, Mike. Hmm. Yep. And guess what? We're going to review some of them. That's right. We're not going to review all 31. We don't have time. But we're going to go through (laughs) some of them. Okay, cool. Now, Mike, the first one, they were really coming out of the gate swinging. Number one, number one thing to do, Halloween 2023, drum roll. We don't have a drum roll sound effect, but host a Halloween coloring book night. Mm. That's number one, Mike. That's number one. Number one. Mm. Even the lady from the Labor Day that made the festive centerpiece was like, that's lame as <laughs> You guys got a, a coloring book? What? Come on. Come on. I think if you told the average person that you're having a coloring book night, they would come over and think there was a 50% chance they were going to get molested. That's <laughs> like... So true. Have you ever colored as an adult with someone else, Mike? I mean, no. You know, you do the paintings. The paintings are fun. I've done the... Uh, You've done the, the painting wine, night? Yeah. The wine night, yeah. Where it gets Those sloppy by the end because you're a little you're yeah. a little drunk and you don't give a You're already tipsy. screwed up. And you're like, eh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah at least the coloring on. book, you can stay inside the lines. You can trace the lines. All right. <laughs> We're doing it, Mike. Coloring book night. That's what's happening. <laughs> Mike, number five on their list. Go on a night hike. Hmm. What is Pop Sugar trying to get people killed? (laughs) Go on a night hike. Leave your phone. Forget your identification. Bring no supplies. Just run Mm. blindly into the woods. These are humans, Mike. There's no way they can survive for that long on a night hike. All they said said in their little blurb was bring a flashlight. Bring a flashlight. What? No. No. You need more than that. Now, uh, this you next do. this next one, Mike, this one, they set the bar really low. Number six, drink a pumpkin spice latte. Mm. That's it. Drink a pumpkin spice latte. Frank, what'd you get into last night? Well, I had a pumpkin spice latte. So... I party my balls off, everybody. High fives. (laughs) High fives, everybody. Like, that's pretty lame, Mike. It's a good way to start the uh, Halloween. It's a a good, yeah, jump off point. Jump off point. Good jump off point, yeah. Number 11, Mike. Now they turn it up to 11, literally. Turn your home into a haunted house. Hmm. They went from drinking a pumpkin spice latte to redecorating your whole effing house. Like, I don't know about you, Mike. That seems way too much work for me. 
Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure somebody's probably murdered it in our house, so um, well, it's I'm, already a haunted house. So all you need no to do No decorations is, needed. Yeah, you just need to do the little chalk outline of where the person died. And then be like, pretty much. There we go. There we go. Well, you know. I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like somebody's probably murdered, right? It's like, what, type, what type of murder, Mike? I don't know. You know. Brutal? Was it scary? No, they probably just passed away from old age. <laughs> It was just high cholesterol. It was just a, they died in their sleep, and that—that's what most, I think. That's—it's never anything brutal or uh, or terrible. It's, it's, it's just the most age. boring, the most boring ghost ever. They just come in. They're like, "Hey, yeah, I should have taken my cholesterol medication. I didn't." What's up with you? I'm here. Uh, oh, jeez, this guy sucks. Why is in my house this ghost? Now, Mike, that—that that is frightening. And we don't need that in our lives. You know what we need no, in our lives? Number 16 on their list. Baking fall desserts. Yes. Sweet. Mike. Yes. Have you have you ever actually baked a fall dessert, Mike? I don't think so. Well, sweet potato pie, does that count? That I think counts. That, counts. It's that counts. Yeah. Yeah, Nicely yeah, yeah. done, Mike. You actually mm -hmm. did that? Actually, it was a casserole, sweet potato casserole, not a pie. And it came um, out edible. That's not even a dessert, but you know, <laughs> it that's is. The it's a dessert. It's. I mean, is it's it? sweet. It's like, and there's marshmallows yeah, all over it. Come on, that counts. It's like now, a dessert. I mean, you know, it depends on kind of who you're eating with if they're going to count it as a dessert. Because well, uh, we had it for dinner. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It's not a dessert. <laughs> I mean, you know, I went. I went to. Uh, um, uh, uh, Miss Mary Max in uh, Miss Mary Max Tea Room in Atlanta, and uh, yeah, that almost killed me. How sweet that was! It was, uh, and we were eating that straight up with just dinner, man. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could tell you could tell how sweet that was. And I've mentioned this on the show before, but you could tell how sweet that was because it made my Coca Cola taste like Topo Chico. <laughs> you were like, oh, this is this, this uh, Coke has gone bad. This is, but, Mike, we can make all the fall desserts, and we can make a Halloween miracle by doing it. That's number mm -hmm. 16 on the list. Uh, number 18, Mike. This isn't too original, but they had an addition in there, and the addition made me laugh, so I'm adding it. Uh, number 18, tell ghost stories around a fire. Mm. Word. Mm -hmm. Now, have you actually ever done that, Mike? No. I've done that. Oh, yeah? I'm not a fan. I'm not no. a fan. I'm always the guy that starts getting creeped out, so I'm just going to add goofy on top of what people are saying to make it less creepy. Mm. I'm like, then did the uh, then did the ghost fart? Dildos! <laughs> you know, and then just, uh, and, and people are like, you're ruining the story. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> this is scary. I don't need to be scared right now, man. No, thank you. Nope. You know, but their addition, Mike, is if you don't have a fireplace, use a spooky fireplace YouTube video on your mm. TV. Am I right? That's the way to scare a person, Mike. Really sets the <laughs> mood, the digital mood. My goodness, this fire, guys. Huh? Mm, man. Man, number... You know, Doc G, some of those fires are pretty good, though. You ever throw them on in the background? You ever had one of the fires? Not they interested. Got the, the, crack, the crackling sounds. It, it, it's, uh, it doesn't, it's not a real fire, but... You know, <laughs> For some reason, my TV doesn't heat up. 
but oh. <laughs> it looks a little realistic. Uh, number 23, listen to a Halloween playlist, Mike. Mm. Thriller, Monster Mash. It's a short playlist. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all I've yeah. got. That's it. That's it. I don't think, do you have any other songs? That I can't go think of there? any. No. Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, no. I mean, basically um, all of Rob Zombie's songs, but... Yeah. You know, <laughs> they don't have really a specific Halloween, you know, theme. Yeah, just it's creepy. just like, hey, there's dead people and stuff. Yeah. You know? All right, Mike. Last one. Number 25. The last one we're going to cover. They really phoned it in on this one, Mike. Pass out candy to trigger-treaters. Mmm. The last resort. That was really, that was it, Mike. Yeah. I gotta, was there anyone that read this list that was like, now there's an idea. <laughs> Let's go get some candy, you guys. I didn't think about this before, but this seems like this could really catch on for this holiday. Let's try it out. It's just ridiculous, Mike. That's a fact. Meanwhile, I think I'm going to do the same thing uh, that I always do which is stay at my office until it's way too late for trick-or-treaters, then head home when it's all safe, Mm -hmm. which is usually around like 10.30. That way... 10.30? Do you get them that late? I want to make sure, Mike. I want to make sure I don't got any stragglers that are coming around. Exactly. Mike, while some kids are planning on egging my house, are you ready to fire this show up? Let's fire up the show, Doc G. Up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Mike, we have a fantastic show. We have the amazing Graham Sharp of Steep Canyon Rangers on the show. We're going to talk about his life before music. Mike, he was a goalie for the University of North Carolina soccer team. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, one of the best schools in the country. And he's just out there goalie in his off you know mm. anyways we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about his life in steep canyon rangers he also they've done so many shows now mike they tour with this guy don't know if you've heard him steve martin and this other guy martin short yeah yeah that's Leg- amazing legends in the comedy game legendary yeah and they're also sure. legends in the music game well specifically yeah. steve martin because he can play the crap out of a banjo so, yeah, he can. You know, they've been playing with him since 2009. And, and like, you know, I bring it up with uh, I bring it up with Graham and he's like, "Oh yeah, that guy? Yeah, we play with him every now and then." Jeez. Not even he's not even impressed. That's how long they've mm. been playing with him. It's crazy. It's crazy. But anyways, we're going to start where we need to start, Mike. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mike, I went back. You are 71 and a half now. We got rid of the three-fourths, <laughs> but you yeah. added a half. So, you know, but we can get rid of the half easier. 71 and a half out of 120. Pretty solid. Pretty okay. solid. Mike, this first one, pretty positive you can get. Here we go. Condensed Clue. He was in High School Musical, and he once went on a mandate with Leonardo DiCaprio. Hmm... Zach Efron? Zach Efron, yes. Yes. Nicely done. Yes. Zach. I didn't know about the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, we talked about the mandate. Yeah, we really? talked about it right here on this show, Mike. 
Yeah. Check check the files. Yeah, he went to a mm. he went to a basketball game with him. And that's why Leonardo DiCaprio is just such a, you know, such a, a, a sex machine. Because he just convinced Zach Efron that Zach Efron was like, you know what? I do want to be with this dude. You know what? Mm-hmm. Me and this dude are going to sleep together tonight. <laughs> you know? Huh? That's what he got in. It didn't happen, listeners, for all I know. the No, no details were released on that, but I'm just saying. He, he's so he's so charismatic. He brought mm. in Zac Efron, and Zac Efron was like, "Man, this guy, this guy is killing." You know, <laughs> he's born October eighteenth, nineteen eighty seven, in San Luis Obispo. Mike, you ever been to uh, San Luis Obispo? I have no idea that no idea where that is. Oh, you're gonna be you're gonna be close uh, coming up in a little bit. It's on the old California mm. coast there. It's going to be a little oh, okay. bit south of where you're going to be. But, you know, it's oh, it's okay. in that region. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, you go through there on the old uh, Pacific Highway. Uh, very nice. Very nice place. He started doing theater in uh, school, in middle school, took singing lessons, had very uh, a lot of small roles. Then his uh, big breakout role was High School Musical. Then he did Hairspray. Uh, then he started getting into movies like 17 Again. I love that movie. Solid movie. Uh, Neighbors, also like that movie, 2014. Uh, Dirty Grandpa, eh, that's all right. Uh, then he starred in Baywatch with The Rock, that was in 2017. Both of them just looking disgustingly shredded. Friggin' jacked. Yeah, yeah Zach Efron. Insane. Uh, then he had a Netflix docu-series. It's called Down to Earth. That's a fact. Uh, and uh, he's getting ready to release a movie called The Iron Claw. It's about the Von Erich wrestling family. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's supposed to come out this year, actually. I don't know when. It's only got a couple more months, so better come out soon. Regardless, happy birthday, Zach Efron. Mike, you ready to rip some headlines? Wait, how old is he? Uh, he's turning 36, Mike. Oh, 36. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, too old for... Uh... Our boy Leo, uh, he, uh, apparently not. Oh, well, uh, yeah. I guess I guess that mandate was like ten years ago. So, yeah, yeah. I guess he's I guess he's over <laughs> well, no, the age. He'd have been now. right on the cusp. Well, I mean, then he was, but now, yeah. you know, now Zach couldn't couldn't even no get a phone call with Leonardo DiCaprio. No way, no way. Let alone a hot <laughs> date. Anyway, so happy <laughs> birthday, Sorry, Zach. Uh, yeah, Leo, you might be too old for Leo. You're not too old for me. I'll take you anytime, Zach. Mike, Say what? we need to rip some headlines. Are you ready? Yes, sir. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, uh, Jada Pickett-Smith, she's been in the news. She's had a, pa- a busy past week or so, Mike. She's been out uh, yeah. promoting her new book. Yes, yeah. promoting the book. She released it. It's, it's titled uh, Worthy. Worthy is the book. Hmm. She's done. She's done all kinds of interviews. She did an interview with Hoda on uh, NBC there on the Today Show, uh, and she told Hoda that when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars, she was shocked, shocked that he called her his wife because he hadn't mm. called her that in <laughs> several years. Uh, misdirect there, Doc G. <laughs> a little bit. You you nailed oh, it, J- so you nailed it, Jada. That's what everybody oh, was thinking, gosh. right? Don't you remember that, Mike? When you were like, "Hey, can can you believe he called her? He called her wife. 
That's crazy. My goodness. Let alone the assault that just happened, but the wife art. I can't get it out of my head. Ridiculous, Mike. Ridic then she wasn't finished. She went on and talked to Rolling Out, the magazine there. And during that interview, she let everybody know that Tupac was her soulmate. Mm. She repeated this multiple times. Now, uh, coincidentally, Mike, Will Smith posted a video on Instagram a day later with him sleeping on a boat with the caption, notifications off. Yes, I would say they are, Will. I would say they are. <laughs> Mike, that is just, uh, yeah. Brutal. That's that's the word, Mike, brutal. That brutal. is yikes. Yeah, get out, Will. Get out, man. I don't know what else to say. I know I shouldn't take sides, yeah. Mike. I should, but I'm just saying it's not it's not good for his health. It's not good, Mike. We've got a rash of robberies going on in West Midlands, England. Oh, yeah, a rash a rash of robberies. Yes, yes, an alliteration. Yes, so true. Thirty-five thousand dollars worth of equipment was stolen from the Ludlow Autograss Club on Sunday night. What was stolen, you ask, Mike? Did you ask that? Yeah. I don't know. Auto auto grass? Yeah. So like a racing mm. track. No idea. Uh, oh, okay. Porta potties. Like a... Oh, okay. 35,000? 35 porta potties, each worth $1,000. Oh, were my stolen. gosh. Not only that, Mike, a lot of the porta potties were full. Ew. Mmm. They had been used, Mike. Extra value. Ah, <laughs> oh, gosh. Neil Griffiths, who owns the porta potty company, said, I'm slightly baffled by it. The toilets are not easy to move, and some of them were still full. So the thieves took full toilets. Then Mr. Griffiths said, He estimates the thieves had to take at least four trips to uh, steal all these toilets, Mike. At least four trips. Mike, this sounds like the start to a great mystery novel. And I need to know the ending. Like, who wanted porta potties full of <laughs> and why did they want them? <laughs> like, was this a drop off point for a drug deal? That like the the porta potties was where they had a secret compartment of millions of dollars? And the drug dealers got there and they didn't know which porta potties had the money and which didn't. So they were just like, we're taking them all. Take them all. Like, what? <laughs> or was it like a mad scientist who's trying to create clean energy using only human turds and he needed more human turds? So he's just like, well, we're going to go steal porta potties then. And that's the only way to save mm. the world. Like, what is going on here, Mike? I don't know. I don't know, man. I didn't even know porta potties were worth a thousand dollars. It is just One a pile of plastic, right? It does seem a little bit. Yeah, much. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there are some. I don't that's know. Uh, that's one of those pretty high up there nauseating smells, though, Mike. You go into yeah, a is. full porta potty. I can only make it in there like ten seconds before I gag and try to throw up after like ten seconds. <laughs> It does not take long, man. That is one disgusting smell. Yeah, 
Mike, uh, uh, did you? Uh, let's let's go to something much more delicious, much more exciting. Mm. Did you ever go to Applebee's growing up? I don't know. I don't think so. Eating good in the neighborhood? You never did? No, I don't think so. My family did. Yeah. Yeah. I got down. It looks like a nice place. I got down on the chicken tenders and riblets. Hmm. Up until this week, Mike, I had no idea what the f- riblet was. Mm. Is that like the McRib uh, meat? Yeah. That's yes. McRib, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I looked it up, Mike. After three decades, over three decades, I now know what a riblet is. You want to know? All right. No, we don't. <laughs> All right, we're moving don't on, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. No, I do, I do, I do, I do. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's uh, so when they're making spare ribs, when the uh, butcher is cutting the big old spare ribs, mm-hmm. they got to cut them off into nice little squares, right? Nice little rectangles. Mm-hmm. So the stuff they shave off is the riblet. Which is basically oh, okay. just little little pieces of cartilage and little pieces of meat, and that's what it is. And even after I read okay. that, Mike, I gotta say that seemed too high class for Applebee's. Yes! I feel like Applebee's is just getting theirs from like possums or something. Like, there we mm. go. There's our riblets, possum riblets. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, this has Delicious. nothing to do with riblets. This has to do with Applebee's. Specifically, Applebee's on Union Street in Memphis. So a guy decided to uh, go to Applebee's because it's a great place to eat in his Kia Forte. And mm-hmm. uh, the police Kia saw Forte. that the uh, that the Kia had temporary tags. And the cops stopped him in the parking lot because, quote, the smell of marijuana was emanating from his car. <laughs> now, Mike, uh, uh. as questionable as the stop was which I would question why they stopped this car. They found a gun in his waistband when they pulled him over, which led them to search a car. They found a good amount of drugs in the car, and they found 161 stolen weapons. Hmm. Hmm. That's a lot of weapons. That's a lot. That's a lot. How mm-hmm. th- that doesn't even fit in most Kias, Mike. No, that does not work, Mike. I don't know how much eating good in the neighborhood was going on there. Seems more like <laughs> murdering in the neighborhood. <laughs> and I, again, Mike, I don't like to give advice to the the devious criminals uh, or alleged criminals, but I mean, it seems like he was trying to sell stolen guns, right? Seems yeah. Seems like what was going. I don't know. Like wh- yeah. Why why would you leave all 161 guns in your car? Like you're not going to sell all 161 guns at once. You you you, you make multiple trips, man. Like the yeah. porta potty stealers. You got to yeah. back and forth. Back and forth, man. Yeah. You're only going to sell at Applebee's, I mean, max like four guns. Exactly. Maybe five. Exactly. You might, you might be able to sell I five mean, guns at Applebee's. If you're talking McDonald's, then maybe Maybe a yeah, 20, you know? For sure. Popeye's, for sure. 36. But, like, yeah. Applebee's, that's... Including to the workers. Exactly. You, know, the workers. you gotta remember, yeah. they're out there making sales, Mike. Mike, <laughs> uh, we've got a fairly dumb story in time for Halloween here. Uh, you've mm. been to Sanford, Florida, right? Yes. Yeah, north side of Orlando there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a cemetery in uh, Sanford, Florida. 
the Casadega Spiritualist Camp Cemetery. And in the cemetery, there's a big brick chair that's built into the wall of the cemetery. And here's what News Channel 6 says about that chair, Mike. According to the stories, if you sit in this big brick chair at midnight, the devil will communicate with you. Jeez. The Prince of Darkness also enjoys a cold beer once in a while, for we're told that if you place an unopened can of beer on the chair, it will be empty the next morning. Word. That's a real thing, Mike. People think that actually mm. happens. Mike, why why is beer on the devil's list of things he wants? Like, I just don't... That, that makes no sense. Isn't he a soul drinker? Like, mm -hmm. I'm not really familiar with the physiology of demons, but I don't think there's any place to put beer. Isn't it like yeah, in a no. cartoon where he just drinks it and sort of just falls through him and hits the ground? <laughs> like, no place to actually put it. And like, yeah. why is this... Why is this chair the only place that he can drink beer? Like, who forgot to close that loophole against the Prince of Darkness? They're like, oh, chair. We forgot about that. He can go up to Earth and drink beers there. Mm, like, it's ridiculous. But the story gets even yeah. better, Mike. Story gets better because they talk to Reverend Lewis Gates, who actually grew up at the spiritualist camp. And, and said people used to come and get drunk and, uh, and uh, you know, see if they could talk to the devil and uh, get him to drink their beers. So they would uh, put the beers down on the, uh, on the chair. And um, Reverend Louis Gates and his, uh, his friends that were teenagers uh, would just steal the beer and uh, drink it and make people think it was the devil that was drinking the beer. Mm. So instead of the devil getting drunk, Mike, it was just a bunch of teenagers for like several years. Genius. Yeah, pretty, pretty solid for them. Pretty solid for <laughs> yeah. them, Mike. Uh, Mike, Drake last week, let it be known that he uh, was going to bet, or he already did bet, $850,000 on the Logan Paul fight. Jeez. Uh, against some other person that I didn't bother to look up for this story. Nope. Because uh, it doesn't matter. Nope. But he bet $850,000 on that fight, Mike. And Logan That's Paul a, won the fight. He did he won win. the fight. Yeah, by disqualification. Oh, okay. So, so I guess Drake uh, won his bet, which would prove mm. definitively that Drake has too much money and too much time for his own good, Mike. That would mm -hmm. be $850,000 on that fight? You got too much time, Mike. You got... Yeah. Go do something else, Drake. Do something else. Mike, uh, before we go to break, um, do well, we got two stories. Do you want to hear an actual headline from the folks at Good News Network? Yes. There's an actual headline, quote... Yes. Scientists prove gingers are totally normal, having been right, around canceled. for millions of years <laughs> in other species. That's the actual headline, Mike. That's the actual... I don't know if that's good news, Mike. I mean, 
Sure, it's great to know that redheaded people are actually people, but it's not a good sign <laughs> for their PR when you've got to get a team of scientists to look into it. Like, no. just imagine if that was a single person. You wouldn't feel too good if you were that person. Well, we thought Jeff was a demon seed spawn of Satan, but you know what? Turns out he's regular. Good for you, Jeff. Yeah. You're normal. Like, just, what? No, that's not, not good at all. Also, mm -hmm. what's up with the totally in that headline? Scientists prove gingers are totally normal. <laughs> it just comes out sounding sarcastic in my uh, head every time I read it. Totally normal, everybody. Ugh, redheads. Anyways, Mike, last story here. What's the most uh, expensive speeding ticket you've ever received? Mm, um, man, it had to have been at least 150 plus, I think. I don't remember. I don't get many speeding tickets, but I think I have had them in the past. Many, I've, I've, I've had them like 10, 11 years ago. Yeah, I got out. Of, I think it was like 150 bucks. I got out of my speeding too, Mike. I haven't had one in like uh, seven years or something like that. But uh, I had a super speeder ticket going through Georgia, which was about oh, yeah. five, super speeder. $500. <laughs> 500 bucks? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Which, by the way, that super speeder, like you uh, just uh, referenced, it's not a good name, Mike. That's not. That's not super speeder. The <laughs> super speeder doesn't make it sound. Super speeder. Yeah, su super speeder. Super speeder doesn't make it sound like something. You know, that makes it sound like something you want to achieve. You're like super speeder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they need to name it like piece of <laughs> everyone hates you speeder, and you'll be like, oh. <laughs> oh, I guess I shouldn't have sped. My bad. Like that just. Anyways, what Mike. were the uh, specifics, Doc G? What, how fast were you going? What was the deal? What was a school um, zone? No, no, bucks is a lot. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was on the interstate, and I think it's over. I want to say it's over fifteen. Become super speeder, and I was going. Oh, yeah. I was going eighty-five and a sixty-five. Now I, I don't want to be one of those people, Mike, but it was one of those situations where everyone was going the speed. It was not just me that was going mm. 85. Like, there were, like, 10 cars around me, and this cop was like, that effing Honda Civic right there? <laughs> I am getting him. I'm getting him right now. And they did. And the even worse part about that, Mike, is you have to uh, pay the super, the super speeder part separate from, like, the regular ticket. And I was unaware of this. And I paid mm. the regular ticket. And then like five months later, I get a, a letter from the Georgia Department of Vehicles. It's like, oh, hey, by the way, your license is revoked in our uh, state. So you no longer have a license in Georgia. And I was like, what? Wait, what? And then that's what I found out. It was from that, that ticket because I hadn't paid that part. It's ridiculous. Um, which goes into our next story, Mike. Connor Cato... Uh, got a super speeder ticket on September 2nd. He was going 90 in a 55. So, mm. much, much faster. Now, uh, <laughs> yeah. the other day he thought uh, he was going to go ahead and pay the ticket. And so he called up on the phone, uh, the court, and he said, hey, I'm going to pay this fine. And the lady said, all right, um, that'll be $1.4 million. Mm. A little <laughs> steep. Which Connor said... Is that, a, is, that, is that a typo? To which the lady said, no, sir. You either pay that amount 
or you come to court on December 21st. Now, uh, apparently, Mike, the reason this is, uh, the news channel reached out to the city, and the city said the balance reflected in the e-citation is a placeholder. Super speeders are required to go to court, which must be a new thing, Mike, because I wasn't required to go to court. The system mm-hmm. automatically puts in $999,999.99 as the base amount. Other mm. plus other cost since the only way to resolve the ticket is to appear in court. And I got to say, Mike, okay. I get the trying to settle things in court, so you just put a huge number on there. But they said a million dollars, right? Nine 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 point nine nine. They did, yes. And then plus other costs. What's the other four hundred thousand dollars of costs that they put on in this situation? Like that seems a little ridiculous. Hmm. Also, Mike, I would like to see someone like Jeff Bezos just come through, get that placeholder, and then actually pay it. What is it? $1.4 million? Yeah, I'll just... I got that in my pocket. Here you go. I don't really care. Yeah, right. Like, it's like points... Like he would make that in the time that it takes him to go to court. Yeah. <laughs> That's not Probably worth way it. way more than that. Here you go. Uh, it says point zero 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 one percent of my full wealth. There you go. I think I can handle it. Anyways, Mike, we're going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guests, the Steep Canyon Rangers. This is their song, Sunny Days, right here on the Doc G Show.
Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnick Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, while I take a sip of my refreshing Topo Chico, could you let the listeners know Mm. what they should do? Of course. Well, uh, Doc G, if the listeners are feeling like the show is a positive way to waste their time, Mm -hmm. they should please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever they get their podcasts. Um, it's a cost-effective way to support the show. Mm. And if the listeners are feeling extra generous, which they should, mm-hmm. because the show's awesome, mm-hmm. they should leave us a five-star review mm. and a comment. Mm. We love comments. Mike, that's good Topo Chico, and that's good advice you just gave. Mm-hmm. It's, yes. it's a combination that will go down in history. Topo mm-hmm. Chico and good conversation. That's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mike, this yeah. concludes our paid ad for Topo Chico. Wait, what? Mm, thank you, Topo Chico. Not really. They don't want to be associated with our show at all. Nope. But it's fine, uh, Mike, because I enjoy their product. So mm. it makes me think of summer. Lovely yeah. summer, Mike. Do you have, uh, Doc, do you, do you have Mineragua? Do. Where you, where I you do. Your, yeah. yeah. Uh, is that, is that your go-to that. sparkling That's water? That's my go-to, yeah. yeah. How, uh, how big of a Pellegrino fan are you? A uh, huge Pellegrino fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 
for sure. I think those are my two go-tos, Mike. Pellegrino, yeah. Topo Chico. I think those are my two mm-hmm. go-tos. But, you know, it's got to be right. The The situation has to be right. It's just yeah. like a good bidet, you know? Mm-hmm. You can't go into a situation where the, the, the situation doesn't call for a bidet. All right? Yeah. Now, granted, I'm making this all up because I've never used one, as we know. But once I use one, listeners... <laughs> It's, it's all bets are off. It's going to be an amazing situation, Mike. We need to thank the people that have put up with my bidet nonsense for the mm. last two weeks. That would be the five-star listeners, Mike. The yes. five-star listeners that actually put up with my nonsense for seven years. Mm. Seven, Mike. Wild. 2016 was when they started putting that nonsense up. Well, not all of them. Only a couple of them. Uh, There's been some people that have trailed off and people that have came on. Chicago, Illinois have only been putting uh, uh, up with our nonsense for like eight months or something like that. Mm. But we thank them. You know, We do. Thank you, you, Chicago. Regardless, Mike, here we go. Shout out. I'm going to go back to a fast one. Since I gave a couple of months of, of I'm a little bit off my game, I'm probably going to stumble. Just get ready for it, <laughs> listeners. But here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, and Baton. But oh, no! Oh, the uh, last one! Boynton, Virginia. There we go. Uh, so so close. That was good too, Mike. I was it feeling. Was. Yeah, oh, it was. It was the last couple of steps, and then I just stumbled. Oh, it was too much pressure. That's it okay. got to me. I got sweaty palms and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh man, because you know, if I would have uh, finished that, um, I would have been deemed the greatest person ever alive. And sadly, mm-hmm. didn't hit it. So now I'm sorry. I'm a piece of speeder. So there you go. It's, uh, it's the worst. <laughs> Super speeder. Yeah, it's the worst. It's I, the worst, Mike. Uh, what are you going to say? Uh, no, no, it's not appropriate. You sure? Yeah, you know, throw it in there. Uh, not appropriate as uh, always. No, it's okay, Doc G. I'm not going to waste these people. T- uh, it's. I was going to say superseder. <laughs> I don't know why. I just think superseder is funny because it's just not. It's, it doesn't have anything to do. I, I shouldn't <laughs> have even mentioned it. Like, I really superseder. That's that's the super seed. That's the nickname that you give your friend that has like ten kids. And he's a <laughs> super seeder. He's a super seeder. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You give him and his wife a weekend alone, and here comes uh, another seed. Everybody, <laughs> the seed has been planted. Ew. Yikes! <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, four star listeners. Got a pretty short, pretty condensed list this week. Not too many who are hitting the top twenty-five here. Uh, Cedar City, Utah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you've been to Cedar City? You know Cedar? No, I just, I like the name. Yeah, <laughs> all Cedar right. City. I like the smell like of Cedar. Cedar. That's smells, nice. Smells good, yeah. Yeah. Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Shout out to you guys. Monterey, California. All hey, right. there we go. All See right. you next week. Yeah. Mountain View, California. There we go. Northampton, England. Shout out to you guys. Taylorsville, Mississippi. Nice. Atlanta, GA. Memphis, Tennessee. 
Phoenix, Arizona, Missoula, Montana, mm. Sao Paulo, Brazil, Roanoke, Virginia, and once again, Tokyo, Japan. Yes. Tokyo, Japan. Shout out. Yes. Yes, Mike. Now, Mike, uh, I've got one uh, quick story left over before we go to our interview with Graham. Uh, I've got a story here um, about Americans being horrible. All right. <laughs> so, okay. uh, Jose Martin, Mike, he owns uh, J. Martin Landscaping. And uh, he was completing a landscaping job in Middletown, Connecticut, with his brother who works for him. Uh, as they were finishing their job, Sharon and Robert, who apparently live in the neighborhood, came up to them and started assaulting them with hostile behavior. Oh, come on! Mm. Mainly verbal hostile behavior. There was no physical contact. Uh, Jose, though, because he was worried they were going to get attacked, pulled out his phone, started recording, uh, and the couple kept saying in the recording, are you here legally? Are you mm. here legally? Word. Then they said, do you have a visa to be here? This is why we need a border wall right here. This is why we need a border wall. Get these clowns out of here. Oh, now, my gosh. Now, Mike, uh, first off, what I want you to do, a little uh, visually uh, visual activity for you here. Um, I don't like to stereotype, but I want you to go ahead and stereotype this couple in your head. Think what they would look like in your head. Old white people, probably. What you, what you just Let's pictured is exactly what they are. <laughs> That's exactly what they are. Your your descriptions right there, Mike? Old white people? Nailed it. Old white people. I'm sure you yeah. could keep going and you would nail the other factors that are going with them. That's a fact. Exactly what you think. Secondly, Mike, Jose Martin and his uh, brother are both American citizens. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yes. And of even course. if they weren't, why don't you want people being productive members of society? W were Robert and Sharon planning on, on doing this job themselves? And they were like, son of a They just stole our job. No. <laughs> they probably did say that. <laughs> no, they didn't. I mean, it'd be a little bit different if, if Jose and his brother were like stabbing people in the stomach and lighting mailboxes on fire. Still wouldn't uh, explain the blatant racism, but no. it would make the situation a little different. But you know what? That didn't happen. Mm -mm. Jose and his brother were just helping the neighborhood look better doing mm -hmm. their job. And Robert and Sharon were just being monster turds. That's yeah. all that was going on. Luckily, Mike, these two were arrested for disorderly conduct after the Good. incident. So good, you, good, good. Little little lesson for you folks: don't be turds, or you'll be arrested for disorderly conduct. That's what will happen, you know. So try to be nice. Plus, you know, uh, I'm I'm betting. You know what, Mike? I'm betting Jose wasn't even using a leaf blower. You know, I bet he didn't. Even, I bet he was using a rake. Yeah, because we all know. Keep it quiet. 
Yeah, I was about to say, we all know that that leaf blower can be be aggravating. It can be can be a yeah. bit much. But you know what? I don't see Jose as a as a leaf blower kind of guy. He's mm-hmm. a raker type of guy. And you know yeah. what, Jose? I salute you and your rake. We do. And do your too. brother. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Graham Sharp from Steep Canyon Rangers right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are very excited to have a very talented musician and songwriter who is the founding member of a fantastic Grammy-winning band, the Steep Canyon Rangers, who will be at the famous Florida Theater on November 4th. Mr. Graham Sharp. Graham, how are you? I'm fantastic. It's good to be here with you. For sure. For sure. 23 years as a band. Just releasing the new album there, Morning Shift. Yeah, 23 years. That's that's kind of hard to believe. It's, you know, <laughs> they say when you're in time flies, when you're having fun. So I guess that's what's going on. It, I mean, it, it, it must, I'm, I'm guessing with a career, you know, that has been lucky enough to go that long, uh, it must seem like a, a night and day difference between releasing Morning Shift compared to releasing Old Dreams and New Dreams. From that, you know, first first album to this album i'm guessing seems very different yeah i mean i, I mean it, it kind of does and it and it doesn't you know i mean you're always um you know you're always curious how kind of the music that you've had in your head is going to translate first like into the studio and then how it's going to sort of translate uh to, to the listener you know and that that part of it hadn't changed um and you know i think generally our philosophy hasn't uh changed too much over the years obviously like we're we're comfortable and we're capable and um i think we've grown a lot in that time but i also think that that the goal is is still always been the same which is um to write music that we believe in and sing about things that are important to us and uh and you know really kind of draw on all the sort of roots of music that we've loved um that we've loved and learned for so long I love it. So it's actually stayed the same more than it's changed. I like it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> well, you actually, I mean, I, I had no idea of this. I know, I, you know, I knew obviously uh, well about the music, but you, I mean, that wasn't what you went to to school for. You you were playing soccer in in college. Right. The main dream was soccer. I'm guessing you were you were goalie for the team there. Uh, was that was that all growing up? I mean, through high school and whatnot, was that was what was on your mind? Was I'm going to be a professional soccer player? I mean, yeah, I mean that was life. I mean, I didn't have a you know, I didn't at that point there wasn't much of a path for professional. But I mean, you know, I, to get the chance to go 
play Division One in the ACC. I mean, that was that was that was big for me, you yeah. know. Um, and I, I spent a lot of time doing it. And then I got I got injured, and um, and I had all this time on my hands, and and I had kind of fallen in love with bluegrass around then. And uh, spring break, my I guess my freshman year of college, at spring break, I. I pawned a saxophone because I played saxophone in high school as well. So I played pawned a saxophone and bought a banjo, and just kind of got down to it. Well, I it, it was it was knee injuries that sideline you in, in soccer, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, I still I still I still feel it too. Hey, you still get out there? I saw you the other uh, a while back there on Instagram doing uh, a little mountain biking. Is that the is that the main form of fitness these days? Yeah, I love it. You know, we live up here in the mountains, North Carolina. So nice. Getting out on the bike is the jam. You know, my, my son's a rock climber, so I get out with him a little bit and do that. But I gotta watch my fingers doing that. Uh, that's all. Yeah, that's a different type of finger strength than what you got going on. That's that's uh, indeed tough. Well, I mean, you, so you mentioned it. You, you gravitate towards the banjo uh, and like. I feel like most people in that sense probably wouldn't pawn their saxophone for banjo. They'd probably go for a guitar. Uh, I I heard your Latin teacher in high school got you into bluegrass. Was that the reason you went with the banjo? What was the reason you decided on the banjo? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the um, bluegrass in general, but then, yeah, you know, I was a big deadhead, so I was going... This was the early 90s, so the Grateful Dead was still playing. So, you know, me and my brother would go up to RFK every summer, and I went to Madison Spirit Garden, and they come through Charlotte or even Greensboro a little bit when I was growing up. So, um, and Jerry was a banjo player. Yeah. Like Jerry Garcia played banjo. So, just like, I don't know, something about it was like, yeah, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to play the banjo. Go, going from the, the, the saxophone to the banjo. I like it. It's not it's not the usual path. It's definitely a unique one there. Yeah, strangely our band has at least I mean we may have three saxophone former saxophone players in the band. I know we have at least two. Wow. Um so a lot of us, you know, just like came up through our high school band yeah. program. Um, you know, Ashworth, our drummer, was you know, he still loves the drum line there at the local high school and uh, I think he's got a son now who's who's in the drum line there, so um, that's, that's, all, that's good stuff. I was on the drum line. I was bad at it, but I was there. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter. Band always wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you started playing with Woody and, and Charles in college, I mean, it seems like it was pretty much brand new for you, in, in a sense, as far as, like, the you know, playing that type of music, jamming with people, like, how long did it take you guys before you were like, let's play some gigs? Because I feel like sometimes, you know, it's one of those things where everybody just wants to jam, and it's not even a thought of, like, let's show other people. Like, how long did it take right? you? Well, I mean, you know, it's weird because we sort of, like, got started, you know, really outside the tradition. You know, there was so much, in North Carolina, there's so much bluegrass and mm -hmm. stuff like that, but... We really, uh, you know, we were kind of on an island there at the university, so we weren't really aware. Um, so, I mean, which is good in a way because there was, you know, n nobody to tell us we were doing it, you know, to do it one way or the other. But right. then on the bad side, there was one nobody to tell us, you know, 
how to do it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we had some really good mentors um, once we kind of got going a little bit. But for a while there, it was just like kind of teaching ourselves from recordings and stuff like that and what we like to do. And so we didn't think twice about it, you know, like, I don't know if we had been growing up seeing all these bands on stage, we probably would have been like, we got no business on stage here. We've been doing this for, for a year. But I mean, you know, and when you, when you start out like that in, uh, in, in college, you know, you got all your buddies there. So it's, it's nothing to like, you know, pack a little bar full of friends and, yeah. and, uh, play foggy mountain breakdown 16 times. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit, it reminds me a little bit of, uh, you know, yonder mountain string band, uh, talking to those guys as far as theirs was more on the side of, uh, you know, doing things that aren't along that, uh, the bluegrass tradition and not really being worried about it. Cause they didn't need, know any better that people wouldn't like that sort of bluegrass, you know, their take on bluegrass. But when you don't know any better, you're not worried about breaking those rules. So to, you can do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we definitely sort of went backwards as far as that went, you know, we had, we learned a lot of the progressive stuff and gravitated toward that. And then it was a few years later that we were like, you know, really all of a sudden we were learning all these, you know, flattened scrugs, you know, mm-hmm. note by note and Jimmy Martin and stuff like that. So that's a great stuff to have in, in your, in your back pocket too, but it's definitely not what brought us to it. As as music. Well, I, I heard you guys say when you started out, uh, started playing, basically you'd play for anybody, anytime, as long as there was a river so that you could go fishing and <laughs> I, I was wondering what's what's the best spot fishing that you didn't expect like that you thought ah oh, this is gonna be bad we don't have anywhere and then all of a sudden it turned out to be a great place was there any of those that you've you've been to you know I mean there's there's been a few but you know we had we had one where this DJ out in uh, Carbondale Colorado mm-hmm. Um, we were headed out there, and he he gave us a heads up. He was like, "Hey, we got you know, we're going to go play on a show." And they said, "There's a there's a there's a lady here. Uh, everybody just calls her Granny, and she's got a she's got a house with some bunks. She used to put up ski teams, you know, at her house and here in Carbondale, and she's got plenty of room. So we drove, you know, straight from from Asheville here all the way to Carbondale, uh, Colorado, and and got out of the car and." Uh, stretched our legs and uh, looked out back of the house and it was right on the banks of the Eagle River there and we we revisited that spot many, many times. <laughs> caught a lot of fish right there at back of Granny's but one day I was sitting back there in her garden playing banjo and started hearing, heard, uh, hearing rifle shots going off behind me and she was standing on her porch shooting, uh, trying to shoot squirrels out of her garden where I was <laughs> Come running, come running out of the bushes, tell her to stop. Oh, whoa! There's people back here. Maybe, maybe at another time. It's, maybe the squirrels aren't that important right now. Uh, yeah, well, she was a tough, she was a tough old when that granny pan. I tell you what. Well, I mean, you know, just just as you, uh, I didn't need too much more description of that to understand. I, I probably would not want to tussle <laughs> with granny. Uh, well, I heard before you guys. Uh, took steep canyon rangers on sort of full time you actually were you were a teacher uh was was there a moment where you realized like ah, i can't keep doing both of these things i gotta i i, I gotta choose music full time 
Yeah, I mean, there was. I mean, you know, I mean, we we were a place we just loved the music, and it was, you know, we were really, I guess you'd say we were really moving forward pretty quickly, and you know, just taking a lot of steps and getting lots of good places. And I was trying to teach at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, there'd be nights I get home at two in the morning and try to get up and go teach, and I had enough good teachers in my life to know that I was not. Um, <laughs> Not not doing it as, as best as I possibly could, and it was running me into the ground too. So yeah, um, I really I really did like it, um, but uh, you know, maybe in some other some other lifetime, like but it. Uh, it wasn't for me in that moment. Yeah. Well, when did, when did you guys? Because uh, you mentioned before we came on the air, um, you know, you're you're in your hometown in Asheville. When did you guys relocate uh, to Asheville? You know, probably somewhere around 2000, 2001. Um, you know, a couple of the guys um, grew up here in Brevard, which is, you know, 30, 40 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and my wife's from Asheville. So, uh, you know, the music scene was great up here. Um, we really were drawn to, to kind of just the whole art scene here in Asheville, plus the mountains as well. So uh, that's been like 2001, and we called it home. Ever since, you know, I'm right here in my neighborhood. There's, you know, three of us from the band live, live within a mile and a half of each other here. So it's great. It's definitely got a good music scene. We've had several Asheville artists on on the uh, show before. We had uh, Robert Greer uh, from Town Mountain there. Nice. Uh, he, he told me, uh, we were talking about Asheville. He told me the best place to eat in Asheville. He almost had no hesitation when I said this. I was like, "What what place should I go if I'm coming to Asheville?" And he said, "All Souls Pizza." Are you gonna Are you Ooh. gonna bag that up? Or are you gonna go with something else? I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come down on All Souls Pizza because it's wonderful. But be 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 aware. I think they did have you know they had this big beautiful tree in the back. With the chandelier hanging from it, and mm-hmm. I think the chandelier came down on a windy day one time. So if you're there, don't sit underneath that oak tree. <laughs> check, check. Okay, uh, watch for falling hazards. Other than that, we will Indeed. back up the All Souls Pizza. Um, you guys have a whole bunch of shows for the rest of 2023. By my count, I, I had 25. That's what I counted on the old tour schedule. Oh yeah. Uh, and I've even I've even noticed in a couple of weeks you guys are playing a double feature. Here in a couple of weeks you got at, at the Old Town uh, School of Folk Music there in Chicago. You're doing an, a 5 p.m. and then you're doing an 8 p.m. Uh, that's a, that's a lot of picking in one night. Uh, is, is there like yeah. is there any trouble ever for you guys like bringing the fire when you have two shows in a row like that? Well, not generally because, I mean, you know, usually we play a show and like, you know, you have to pick and choose what songs you put in, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you always are, you know, you're always, there's some songs you like to have in there. So, you know, when you end up having two shows in a day, you get to play all the songs. So, um, you know, and that's what we generally do to try to keep it fresh. We got a new record out, so we've been playing a lot of songs live from the new record. But I mean, you know, we've got a got a catalog that's deep and then you know aaron our new guitar player has, comes with his own like great catalog of songs uh, that he's written so um you know two shows just give us a chance to, to play with more music so i like it i like it well now uh 15 of the 25 shows that you guys got uh left in 2023 there uh, uh feature the the those two characters steve martin and martin short um now I've never been to one of their shows before. Uh, how how do you guys 
work into what they do in that show? Yeah, so I mean, you know, we've always been like Steve's, you know, musical musical um, compatriots and yeah. backed him up, you know, I mean, it's, it's since like 2008 or 2009 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, and, and for a long time, we were just doing the shows with, with Steve and, and, and the Rangers. Um, but since we do this comedy show now, you know, they'll do kind of comedy for the first 45 minutes or so. Then we come out, we join Steve on some songs for a while. Then we go back off and then we'll come back out later and like do some songs together. You know, uh, Martin Short's a great singer, it mm-hmm. turns out. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but no, it's seriously fun. And then there's, there's, um, always a killer piano player with, with Mart with Marty, um, Generally, it's Jeff Babco, who was like mm-hmm. musical director for the Kimmel Show, and is just like this LA kind of jazz heavy, and he's wonderful. So that's that's fun to, to work with him. Nice. So there's 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 music. It's not a it's not a music show, but it's um, you know there's there's plenty of music in there for sure, for sure. Well, now um, you mentioned it. You've been going with Steve as far as as collaborating with him since 2009. And uh, apparently it, it happened because he wanted you guys to play a, a benefit concert for uh, Los Angeles Public uh, Library. Uh, what? Yeah. What, what do you think when some like, I mean, did you, like, I feel like it's one of those things when you hear Steve Martin wants you to do something, it almost seems like a prank. But, I mean, did you, yeah. did you think it was a prank or did you know, did he call you yeah. up? What, what went on? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we had started playing with Steve a couple times just sort of informally and I think we were playing in New York at Joe's Pub and he came and sat in on a couple tunes. He had joined us at our festival a little bit down here on a couple tunes and he had just put out pretty recently that record The Crow of his. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, I mean, we've always just tried to be prepared when the situation came and we had learned that whole record note for note. So, um, you know, when, when, when the call came, that we were doing this. I mean, yeah, it's, it's bizarre because you see like the guy you're just hanging out with and playing music with. And, you know, he's like for one of the most famous guys in the world, he's, he's like a, just a total normal guy. He just lives a very different life than the rest of us do. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but then like to see, like flip the switch to like going on stage and becoming like the dude on stage mm-hmm. versus, you know, the Steve that you've been making music with. That was pretty, that was a pretty amazing moment. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, as the banjo player, I mean, I know all sort of string bands a lot of times have jams and whatnot, but like when you guys start writing an album, was it sort of like, uh, hey, hey, Steve, we already have a banjo player. I mean, trying to mold another person in there. Uh, were you concerned about that or was it just a fun thing? Like, all right, let's, yeah, let's give it a shot. Let's try two here. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for me, it's very much like trying to kind of refigure like how, how I play and what my role is, you know, because, you know, the tunes we're playing, I mean, you know, we played tunes that Steve has written and he's written them on the banjo. Mm-hmm. Like that's how they go, you know, with him on the banjo. So, you know, I don't want to just like make a total clatter of two two banjos going full bore the whole time. So, I mean, really trying to figure out how to play it. It's like not with the mandolin's playing, not with the guitar playing, not with the banjos playing. So it's more like a kind of a rhythmic sort of chord, kind of almost like piano style that I ended up sort of moving towards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's been a really good thing. And, 
you know, one of the cool things about it is like he would come with these tunes and I would could kind of be like sort of a translator with the band, you know, like I'd learn the tunes that he was playing and then sort of like help him put the chords to it and sort of, you know, go from there to the band. Um, so it's cool, you know, I mean, that, that creative thing with Steve has always been a big part of, of what we've done is just kind of putting these tunes together together. Uh, well, along with that, I mean, as far as the cool situation, it has to be very cool. I mean, that first album that you do with Steve, you got a song with Paul McCartney. I mean, I know you didn't get to be with Sir Paul. Uh, he recorded it there, but like just to be on an album with Paul McCartney, was that, a, I mean, I'm guessing since almost everyone in the world is a huge Beatles fan, I'm guessing that had to be a pretty big thing when you're like, I'm on the same recording as Paul McCartney. It's crazy, man. It was crazy. I remember the first time, like, getting the the track back after he had put his part on it. And mm -hmm. just to hear, like, how somebody like that can just, like, take a little thing and, like, make a hook out of it. Really yeah. make something memorable out of, like, you know, I mean, you know, out of, it, it just it just can spin, spin things into gold, you know. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. Very cool. Well, along with uh, the Steve canyon rangers records you actually just released a solo record uh back in 2021 truer pictures there um which, yeah which uh very cool it's you know you got a little blues you got a little country you got a little americana even a dash of reggae on a track there uh now given the time of the release i'm guessing was the primary drive like well i've, I've got a pandemic going on so I guess I'll, I'll work on this as well. Was that the primary drive, or you always thought I want to do a solo album as well? No, I never thought I wanted to do. Never thought I wanted to do a solo album. Um, you know, but yeah, like you say, I mean, it was it was twenty twenty. We were locked down. We weren't playing shows, and um, it just seemed like the right time to do it. I had all these songs that maybe weren't quite the right fit for the band, or they were just newer songs that we had just you know weren't weren't getting around to. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I mean, uh, I feel lucky to have done it, you know, and uh, I may be doing another here coming up, but uh, it was it was a neat a neat situation, just a great way to, like, try to stay creative. It was so hard to just, like, keep finding outlets, you know, we, like, had a band Patreon page and just anything to keep, just kind of keep the, keep the momentum going and keep the juices flowing as much as possible in that period was, was important for us. Yeah, for sure. Well, now I, uh, you know, I listened through the album. I love the song, uh, come visit my Island. Fantastic jam there. Cool. Uh, now I wondered with that jam, cause you made a video, uh, with your son's, uh, photography, oh, yeah. photography work there over Defusky Island. And I was wondering, was Defusky actually what inspired the song? Um, let's see. No, Defusky's <laughs> not what inspired the song, but but we just happened to be taking a trip out there, and you know, it's such a lovely, lovely uh -huh. place. But uh, yeah, but uh, no, I mean, you know, I mean that whole that whole coast, like from like Mill Talbot, like where you are, like all the way up through Cumberland and mm -hmm. up into South Carolina. I mean, it's just one of my favorite places in the world. For sure, for sure. I love Defusky Island. That's why I was wondering. I uh, I used to paddleboard over there all the time from Hilton Head. I'd just go back and forth oh, wow. between the two. And uh, su super fun, man. And uh, it's one of those places, too, that, like, just it's it hasn't been grown over, you know. When you look at the island, yeah. you got so much nature on there. So, 
So beautiful. Love it. Love it. Well, uh, yes, yes. Let's uh, let's let's go back to the the newest album real quick. This was the first album with that without Woody, uh, and I heard you mention how without Woody, it actually made it a little bit more democratic uh, than than it has been as far as not not like intentional, just the fact that it opened it up more when you guys were writing to talk about the music more in the band and sort of get more input did you see more input from the rest of the band uh on this album than you had in the past yeah i mean you know i mean that not that that was like ever you know and not that there was the ever anything thing, yeah. wrong with with the with the way it was in the past and we always operated you know as a as a team and that's always been like a huge strength but i think now it's just even more so um than just like let's you know everybody step forward a little bit and uh and let's and let's see what you got and then and then adding in aaron you know he's got a he's got a voice that has a real top gear to it mm-hmm. um that's it's pretty amazing so it gave us a real like stratified three lead voices you know like so aaron can kind of sing that you know just that you know he can do a lot of things with his voice but one of them is he can really push and push into that top register you know, I'm, I'm, my thing is kind of down low, mm-hmm. sort of down in the gutter, you know, and then Barrett's got a really nice uh, delivery kind of right there in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the and from the start, our producer, Daryl Scott, was like, you know, we've got three voices to work with and we're going to like capitalize on that. So, you know, we'd record Aaron singing one, Barrett singing one, me singing one, and just went like that through, through the record. Um, and so, I mean, and I think that plays out on stage too. It's like, there's just like, without like the center of gravity on stage, things are just um, kind of dynamic and shift around a bit more. Nice. Did anybody in the the band sort of surprise you on this go round as far as like uh, introductions to songs or changes to songs that uh, you didn't, you didn't know that toolbox was in or that tool was in the toolbox? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I mean, Barrett, Barrett's been playing bass for for years, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, going on six years now, but he hasn't he hasn't been really a lead featured lead singer. I think he sang one on the album before, so I mean, he really stepped stepped up. I thought, mm-hmm. um, kind of with his singing on the record, I thought was was amazing. But um, you know, I mean, really, the the, the biggest I think strides were you know uh i mentioned daryl scott our producer he was really insistent he wanted us to have a a cover tune on there that was not like just a famous tune by somebody famous Mm -hmm. and he wanted us to write an instrumental for it both of which we hadn't planned on doing Mm -hmm. um so those were both really good challenges for us and sort of i think it was good to just kind of remind us of, of yeah like you say the tools that that are in our toolbox like um let's use everything we got here yeah. Well, now let's uh, let's talk about one of the the songs on there, uh, "Hominy Valley," which seemed like a, a really cool tune for a lot of reasons. Uh, now y- you wrote that song. Uh, how did how did you come up with that one? You know, there's there's a story in our neighborhood right here in this big bend of Hominy Creek where the the Revolutionary War uh, Continental Army, I guess, came through in 70, 1775, I think, mm-hmm. 76 maybe. And they were to, they were here to just eradicate the Cherokee just because they were worried about the Cherokee siding with the British. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so there was a run-in right here at this, you know, I mean, literally like two blocks from my house. Mm -hmm. And there's this great big old oak tree up on the hill. And there's one of my neighbors introduced me to this, this little history. Um, there was in the archives at UNCA about uh, this Cherokee scout getting buried, like sitting up under the tree so he could watch, you know, watch this valley. And so I'd wanted to write this song about it forever and ever, but mm -hmm. it always just sort of came off as like just a dry sort of dull history lesson, you know? Um, but then, but then like, you know, there's like this press dispute here about the land, you know, and the, and then getting sold to some of the developers and like, mm -hmm. you know, um, and all these apartments going in and, you know, people have concerns and legitimate, illegitimate, I don't know. But I mean, yeah, it's still just like such an issue of like, yeah. yeah, who gets to say what with the land as far as who moves in and who moves out and stuff like that. Um, so those things all kind of connected with that with that song and um, just some of the stuff that was just happening really at that moment in the neighborhood just, just sort of made the whole thing come together. Came out really cool, really cool. Um, well, I'm, I'm guessing, do you guys consider yourself more of a performance band than you do like a studio band? I mean, I know, I know you guys obviously love creating and, and, and capturing that art, but does it always come back to getting to actually get on stage and, and just jam together? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're, we're 100% like, I don't know about a hundred percent, but I mean, that's where that's where where we were really comfortable was on stage playing, you know, and um, you know a record is a great snapshot mm -hmm. of like where you are in the moment, you know. But then you go out the next night and you're going to play everything a little differently, and and you know and react to what other people are doing on stage differently, and that's a whole other moment. So you know, rather than just trying to take something and and carbon copy it every single night, you know, I think the goal is to is to really just keep keep listening you know the more you listen to what other people are doing the more you're going to kind of react so just just keep your ears keep big ears and um keep moving with it well, listeners you got a chance to see them coming up you got a chance uh, uh several chances actually close to us uh graham i want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today i really appreciate it Man, thank you so much, Doc G. I appreciate it. For sure. Listeners, you can check out all things Steep Canyon Rangers at their website, steepcanyon.com. You can check them out November 4th at the uh, at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville. Can't catch them then. They're actually going to be right down the road in Gainesville on November 6th. You can follow them on social media at Steep Canyon Rangers right now. Let's take a listen to Hominy Valley right here on the Doc G Show.
think he's watching me still Charlotte bought up that river bend the Church owned the land and they needed the cash And the lawyers got an easy win So look who's moving in now Who am I to run my mouth about I'm in the valley I think he's watching me now He's watching me still Stays locked, but you can still walk up to get to where he sleeps. A tree crew's making their way through the hood, they're doing hard work and doing it cheap. Now, one of those guys speaks English all right, and I asked him if they had their sights on that oak on the hill. Watching me still. I think he's watching me still. I think he's watching me still. Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Did a double, Mike. Did a double. 
Because you know what? Shout out to our radio station. Spinnaker Radio. Shout yeah. out to you guys. Shout, uh, out. shout out shout to out. the no program director. Yes! We're excited you're here. Uh, regardless, uh, Mike just heard Graham Sharp. You just heard uh, the fantastic Steep Canyon Rangers <laughs> Grammy winning Steep Canyon Rangers. I mean, I don't know, Mike. Getting to play with... Steve Martin, Martin Shore, getting to play with... We, did, we didn't talk about it, me and Graham, but getting to play... They played with Boys to Men as well. Mm. I mean, that's pretty wild. I think I'd still yeah. rather... And no offense, to the, no, no offense to the boys, but I think I'd still mm-hmm. rather play with Steve Martin and Martin Shore. Yeah. I think that'd definitely. be more exciting. Martin, Martin, uh, Steve Martin just seems charismatic. I mean... Yeah. He's no Leonardo DiCaprio. Nope. Like, I wouldn't want to have sex with Steve Martin, but <laughs> Wait, still, what? you know, I mean. Like you, legendary guy. I mean. Do you think you could do, like, uh, you do a comedy special with Steve Martin and he does some some banjoing? Do you think you would try to collab with a, a song with him? Would you try to? A million percent. Yeah, I don't know how I would make that work, but I would tr- definitely try if the if the offer was on you'd the be, table. Uh, we, oh, I was about to say you'd be like maybe, and he'd be like no, you'd be like no, hmm. maybe later, and he'd be like no, like, okay. no. All right. Can I open for you? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> come on. I think he'd let you uh, open for it. you. You would show him your goods, Mike, and he'd be like, my God, you killed, you killed with all these people, and you'd be like, yeah, I sort of did. I you know, at least did. some of his fans going out to see him were really fans of his stand-up. And then they're like, oh, I can put up with this banjo thing. Oh. But I really like just Steve Martin. Oh, no you know? doubt. I would say, you know, especially when he first started, it was like 80%, 85 maybe 90%. Yeah, you know? for sure. But for then sure. after a while, they're like, oh, you know what? This guy's got chops, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if yeah. he's got the chops of Steve Canyon Rangers, but he's got chops. You know, regardless, they're both doing great. You need to go check out the new album by Steep Canyon Rangers. Fantastic. Mike, we need to move on, though. We need to move on to what? The fastest. Hey, Mike, see. Oh, oh, no, no. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get to say what it was. I didn't. I did throw you off, though, Mike. I did. That was my, my bad, fault. My bad. My Let bad. Me, <clears throat> listeners, are you ready? Okay. Mike, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm okay. Ready. We need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Mike C, top three. That is correct. Now, listeners, you may be saying, hey, I don't remember what the topic was this uh, week. Well, that's because we're stupid and we didn't give one last week. <laughs> um, I totally forgot to ask Mike what the topic was for next week. And we moved on to birthday suits and I didn't have one. So I uh, texted uh, Mike earlier this week and I was like, Mike, what's our topic going to be? And he gave me an absolutely bananas topic, which was top three Guinness world records. Hmm. Now, uh, Mm -hmm. there's so many of these, Mike, I had no idea how to approach it. Nope. No idea how to approach the most impressive uh, top three Guinness World Records, you know? So here's what I did. I just pulled out three really random ones that'll make you go, what? That's what I pulled out. They're just <laughs> That's three... That's pretty much what mine are, too. Really, three random ones that you're just like, huh? So I don't have any honorable mentions because there's 17 million of them, so I didn't try to yeah. make any honorable mentions. But my number three, Mike, the fastest speed... On an unaltered lawnmower frame. 
What do you think the fastest speed, like on a regular lawnmower, they didn't change anything on the frame. They changed the engine. They didn't change the frame or the wheels or anything else, right? It's all the same lawnmower, just a different motor. How fast do you think it went? 50. 61 miles per hour, Mm, Mike. Okay. Pretty fast lawnmower. That is pretty fast. I'm guessing if you're going 61, you're not getting an even cut on the grass. Nope. Mm. I'm guessing you're going to miss some going that fast. There's going to be some. It's going to be some high spots in your grass. But regardless, that's my number three, Mike. Your number three. My number three. uh, The Norwegian mountaineer Kristen Harila and Uh her Sherpa guide uh, Tenjin became the fastest climbers to ascend all 14 of the world's peaks. That is above 26,000 feet. Um, and they completed this in three months and one day. Wow. Um, and they beat the previous record her, uh, held by Nirmal Purja, who uh, the 14 Peaks documentary on Netflix took him six months. So they half that. that half. Yeah. Halved it. Mike, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. no, no way I'd ever do that. That would. Nope. No, a lot of peaks. No, no way. I'm doing that many peaks. That is, yeah, no way. I maybe maybe uh, 14 peaks that are over 6,000 feet. I will do that. <laughs> that will yeah. g- give me some nice little small peaks. I'll do those. Uh, Mike, my number two most decimal places of pi, pi memorized. Hmm. Back in 2015, Rajvir Mina recalled hmm. recalled the number pi to 70,000 decimal places by wow. memory. Jeez. It took him like eight hours to, to recite those numbers. Hmm. 70,000 decimal places. How do you do that? It's just random numbers. And why would you do that? Memory palace, Doc G. That is Memory the, Palace. That is the worst party trick I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rajveer, what you been up to? Well, memorizing pi, you want to hear it? 3.1479644324798436. How long is this dude going to go? This sucks. And just people just slowly walk away. 70,000 decimal <laughs> places. It's insane, Mike. Anyways, and completely worthless. There's no point to doing that. None at all. Anyways, you're no. number two, Mike. Uh, number two, longest stand-up comedy show by an individual, 40 hours and eight minutes. Wow. David David Scott from the USA, he performed this show in Diamond Joe Casino in Dubuque, Iowa? How do you say mm, it? I don't know. Dubuque. D-U-B-U-Q-U-E? I don't know. Dubuque? Dubuque. Dubuque. Ah, Dubuque, yeah. Dubuque, mm-hmm. Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Man, 40 hours. I'm going to I'm gonna mm-hmm. guess there's some dead spots in that material. Yeah. He's <laughs> probably working can't, on some stuff. Can't all be winners in 40 hours. Man, <laughs> that is that is tough. That is yeah. tough. Yeah, did, uh, did, it, did it say any type of, like, breaks in there? Yeah, no. It was just straight stand-up show. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there were any breaks. Mike, you going to try to break that in 2024? 41 hours uh, for, for Mike Charette? Yeah. It'd be like 
barely get 40 minutes, Doc G, to be honest with you. Gonna but, have to uh, have a gonna have to have a pee bucket off to the side for you if that's the case. Yeah, we'll have a Q and A. Yeah, we got some. There's some ideas. Do a little crowd work. Hey, mm-hmm. tell me your whole life. No, no, no. Start from the beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Are you eating a sandwich? Yes, I am. Keep going with your life. Keep giving mm-hmm. me more. Uh, Mike, my number one most dice stacked. On a cat's <laughs> paw. What? Ten dice. Oh, pretty random. On a wow. cat's paw. It's pretty weird looking. They actually have a picture of it. This cat's just sitting there with his paw, and there's ten dice set on, setting on it. It was achieved by BB the cat. Mm. BB the cat with their owner LC of Malaysia in 2017. Don't know if they'll ever be beaten again, Mike. Ten. 10 yeah, that's dice. a lot of dice. Yeah. I don't know. Mike, you're number one. My number one uh, fastest rapper ever, Eminem. 225 words in 30 seconds. Mm. That's seven and a half words per second. Mike, I think I, I think I beat that when I did our uh, five-star listeners just earlier. I think that was, mm. uh, I think I just wrapped 400 words there. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Judges, check that out. We'll get back to you later on that one. I just pointed to the imaginary judges, listeners. That's it. <laughs> um, Mike, you are going to be off next week. Yes, I, now I, am. I I know the listeners, uh, there was just a gasp when I said that. I, I, like, I could hear the collective gasp of, <gasps> what? Yeah. Right? They're pretty downtrodden. They're mm-hmm. pretty they're they're pretty downtrodden, but don't worry, listeners. We've got a good replacement for Mike for the week. We've got none other than our steadfast friend and NBA analyst, Claude Lathan, will be co-hosting the show. He will take Weak. the reins of co-hosting once again. Very excited to have Claude back. You know, yes. it's one of those things. Mike, it's like when you haven't had a fast food restaurant in a while, and you're like, you know what? I need to go back to Taco Bell. Claude mm-hmm. is Taco Bell, mm. and I'm gonna, I'm Taco gonna Bell. just, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, just pig out on some Taco Bell this coming week. I'm excited. There about you it. go. You know, oh, thank you so much. Shout out to Claude. Sh- shout, shout out always to Claude. But you yeah. know what we need to do, Mike? You need to give me a topic for me and Claude to do for the old top three. Ooh. Um, let's see here. Top three. Sorry, Doc G. Top no, no. three. No, Mike's really grinding on this one. He really wants to get Claude's, Claude's juices flowing on mm. this. It's just we'll we'll make it kind of top three ever Netflix watches. Top three top three, ev- top three things you've seen ever on Netflix. Like I mean, it could be top three. Yeah, is that a good top three? That's a good top three. It's mm. pretty broad. It's pretty broad. I don't know how much. I don't know how much. We might need to save that mm. one for you though, Mike. I don't know. I don't know mm. if give me give me one that's more like you know. Because I don't, I don't know if you know, I don't know if Claude's a Netflix watcher. I mean, I know top three, top three dogs. He does love dogs. Hmm. Top um, three dogs. 
top three dog breeds is what we're going yeah, with. Yeah, we'll do top three dog breeds. Okay, Mike. I would be much more happy if it was cats, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going <laughs> to go with three three different dogs it is. Liger. I'm left. Uh, <laughs> Tiger. Snow Leopard. Top three. There we go. Those aren't dogs? Weird. <laughs> All right, Mike, that is what we're going with. Uh, Top three dog breeds for me and Claude yeah. next week. Mike, we've got two birthday suits left. Um, let's see here. Do you want to go with the WNBA star or the uh, old rock and roller? WNBA star. Okay, here's the condensed clue, Mike. She's one of the most well-known WNBA players, and she was imprisoned in Russia for almost a year. Brittany Griner. Griner. Brittany Griner is Brittany correct. Griner. Yes. yes. There we go. Woo. Woo. Mike, uh, born uh, October 18th, 1990. Houston, Texas. Loved basketball from a young age. Huge recruit out of high school. Went to Baylor where she set the single season record for block shots. She was four-time Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Three-time Player of the Year, three-time All-American. She won an NBA uh, or an NCAA championship, and then went on to the WNBA. She was drafted number one by the Phoenix Mercury, where she was a nine-time All-Star, six-time All-WNBA uh, player, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, seven-time All-Defensive Player, and WNBA champion. And she was on the WNBA 25th anniversary team. She was recently detained in Russia for what Russian officials described as hash oil. She was held Mm. for over nine months before she was released this year. She is back playing for the Phoenix Mercury and is considered one of the best ballers of all time. Brittany Griner. Happy birthday, Brittany. Turning the big 3-3, Mike. The big 3-3. Trente. Mm. E Trace, the Scotty mm. Pippen year. There we go. Yeah. Mike, our last birthday suit, uh, just so we're keeping track, that means that now you are two for two, 73 and a half out of 122. There we go. Here we go. Cool. Last cool, one. Cool, cool. Don't know if you're going to get this one. We'll see. He wrote the famous song, Johnny B. Good. And he's known as one of the founders of rock and roll. Um, hmm. Also had songs like Roll Over Beethoven. Hmm. Can I get and uh, half Maybelline. Credit? Maybelline. No, definitely not. <laughs> Maybelline. Can I get a little Why can't half credit true? initials, maybe? Of course. Yeah. C.B. Hmm. Think a fruit for his last name, Mike. Charles Banana. <laughs> I knew you were going to go with banana. Chuck <laughs> Berry. Chuck, Chuck Berry. Berry. Oh, you're still stuck with the half, Mike. I thought you were going to get out of it. The old Charles Banana. Charles. Yeah. Chuck Charles. Charlie right. Banana. <laughs> Oh, the best rock and roller I've mm. ever heard. October 18th, <laughs> 1926, Mike. Born mm. in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, he met Muddy Waters in 1955, got in contact with Chess Records. The same year they recorded Maybelline. 
Then the next year, they had rollover Beethoven. From 57 to 59, he had 12 songs break the top 10 on the Billboard 100, including Johnny B. Good. Our birthday suit wearer was in the first class to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He is sometimes referred to as the father of rock and roll. Yes! Artists like Elvis Presley, Jimi Hendrix, The Beatles, The Beach Boys, David Bowie, The Grateful Dead, and many, many others said they were inspired by uh, Chuck Berry. John Lennon said uh, Chuck Berry was one of the greatest rock and rollers. If you give rock and roll another name, you might as well call it Chuck Berry. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Chuck Berry, Mike, would have turned uh, 97 today. Passed away like, uh, I think it was about six years ago. I didn't write down the uh, the year. But uh, regardless, happy birthday, Chuck Berry. Happy birthday, Brittany Griner. Uh, and happy birthday, who was our first guy? Zach Efron. That's right. Mm, Zach Efron. Zach Efron. Yes. Yes. Sort of like Saffron. <laughs> Zach Saffron. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, sensual. <laughs> uh, Mike, we have got uh, some great shows coming up. I'm very excited. We've got the fantastic Blackberry Smoke. We've got the fantastic uh, Trey Lewis. We've got the fantastic um, uh, Paul. Uh, Al- uh, we got the fantastic Alan Paul. My goodness, we've got the shows. We've got the shows coming up. Can't wait. Uh, you know what I'm doing now? I'm looking for the Thanksgiving special guest. That's what mm. I'm going, going to find it, Mike. I'm, 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 Who could it be? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for it. It's got to be a banger. That's what's got to come out on on Thanksgiving. But Mike, as I told the listeners, you will not be here next week. So no. we need to, uh, we need to uh, celebrate um, when you come back. Mike will mm-hmm. be a married man when he comes back. Listen, gonna be married, folks. Sadly, to all you dudes out there, including Zach Efron, no more, no more chance with. Sorry, with fellas. Yeah, <laughs> no more chance, Zach Efron. You <laughs> lost it. You blew it. But regardless, uh, Mike, we hope you have a fantastic wedding. Thank you for not inviting me. Listeners all know you're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate it. We hope you enjoy. Uh, thank you, we, thank you. We hope you enjoy your honeymoon. And Claude will be with us next week. We can't wait. But, Mike, we need to wrap it up for now. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Always. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it a doo